21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Maybe I was wrong to start uh, learning before our interviews. <laughs> I took that Udemy course and start reading books, etc. Wonderful. <laughs> no, that's and that is. I, I believe that entrepreneurs are they're incentivized to find answers so that they can solve world problems. Right. So if if you are an entrepreneur that has a curiosity about blockchain and then you choose to take the steps to educate yourself, you're, you're going to find a lot of garbage out there, right? Oh, you're really? Gonna, oh, <laughs> you, YouTube? Even, like, even, <laughs> even an expensive garbage. <laughs> there's expensive garbage out there. There's cheap garbage out there. Um, but there's gold in them, their hills. There is gold. So what we've tried to do at the Blockchain Chamber of Commerce is start to build an infrastructure and a platform where people can come and find that gold and find the individuals that have been mining that gold for years, right? So having experienced contributors that can speak to the realities, the challenges, the benefits, the sometimes the, the backward steps that have been taken in the technology, that, that's where the real gold is like understanding what can really be done, um, getting, your, getting your hands dirty, right? Um, mm -hmm. Actually being one of those guys that, you know, gets a wallet and, you know, looks at the, the Bitcoin blockchain or goes to uh, events and connects with people that, you know, were those, those cypherpunks that were in their basements, you know, 10 years ago and, you know, making games where you could get a, a Bitcoin drip, you could get like 0.01 Bitcoin, um, like every 10 minutes as a reward for playing some of these games. And basically Beautiful. you were, you were stepping in as one of the miners, um, and, and you got rewarded. It was, it was an interesting infrastructure, you know, just, I, I don't, um, you know, looking back at some of the stuff that I saw online, you know, seven, eight years ago, um, had I known where we would be today, um, I would have done a lot more, <laughs> done a lot more gaming, um, you know, and, and gotten that drip. Um, what does it mean? Can you explain it a little bit more, more um, into gaming? Well, like, like you could, you, you, you could, uh, get some coins or, or, or get yeah, some you, excitement or both. You got or? rewarded uh -huh. with Bitcoin, right? Okay. But so, there is an excitement as well. Learning curve probably. Yeah, no, it was, it was just, I mean, there were random games. It wasn't like the, the games themselves were like super amazing. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> it, was, it was just, you know, if you engaged in the game, you would, you would earn, I mean, like, you know, think about like Angry Birds type, you know, just. Really? Uh, yeah, like little, um, and obviously they had some of the, the more gambling type games. And, you know, there, this is the reality. In every ecosystem, there are players that will, will take the same technology and use it very, very differently. You know, some will take it to the, the fun, interactive, educational side of things, and some will take it to the, you know, gambling, sucking you into, 
you know, an addiction potentially side of things. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's any reason that either side should be, you know, overly encouraged or bored. Um, but there, the technology has taken different directions. And the question is, who are you? And how would you choose to engage in it? And where's the value add for you um, as an individual? I think there, there needs to be, you know, some awareness that regulation does impact the, um, I mean, just, just because you're doing something with cryptocurrency doesn't mean that you don't have to abide by the gambling laws in the location that you're in, right? Sorry, Lina, for all of us that are rookies, regulation, what does it mean? What kind of regulation? Uh, that's, that's a huge overarching question. The, the SEC um, is the regulatory body um, in the United States that regulates securities. And uh -huh. there's, um, there's different institutions that are in place to regulate different types of activities. So, you know, you might need a money transfers license, um, you know, but is Bitcoin money? Um, you know, what other cryptocurrencies are there out there? Are they a security? Are they a utility token? Are they a digital currency? Um, those designations haven't been clear um, in a lot of jurisdictions up to this point. So we're right now at, you know, this time frame where governments are realizing, you know, we need to be definitive and we need to, you know, outline what the definitions are. Um, we, we have small countries um, that are, are being proactive and because they're small, they can be agile. Estonia is a great example of uh, an agile country. Um, I'm actually going to be speaking with one of the females. And I was like, yes, a woman was a big part of this that helped architect the digital citizenship in Estonia. And uh, it's, it's a game changer. These small countries are going to get exposure. They're going to get investment dollars. They're going to get companies participating in their infrastructure, their ecosystem, their location, bringing dollars there because they are clearly outlining what the regulatory infrastructure is in their jurisdiction. And the United States, unfortunately, we've had the SEC regulating more with punitive action against people that have um, done, I guess, illegal things um, with their, uh, the way that they have taken money from investors and, and not gone through the, the correct steps to, to justify that. You know, you can't sell a security and, you know, make big promises about, you know, how much this token is going to go to the moon and uh, you, you just can't do that. Um, there are some beautiful videos, by the way. <laughs> can, you, yeah. can you please explain to me and to our audience, so uh, you were talking about reg regulation, but uh, isn't the whole concept deregulated on some, on some way? Um, distributed and deregulation uh -huh, okay. are, are two different things. Uh -huh, okay. So, okay. Um, Please teach me. I don't know <laughs> anything about, about the topic. Okay. DLT stands for distributed ledger technology. Okay. Okay. So it's not deregulated. 
technology, it's distributed. And the, the power that comes when something is fully distributed and has, um, like say for instance, the Bitcoin blockchain, it is spread across the world in, in millions um, of, of places. It's got, you know, massive hash power behind it. No one government controls Bitcoin. No one um, gender controls Bitcoin. No one ethnicity controls Bitcoin. It is truly held by humans worldwide. And, you know, some mm -hmm. people argue that maybe, you know, AI holds Bitcoin too. Um, I don't know. Well, <laughs> Isn't it? No, it, I, I no. just threw that in there for fun. But um, it, it really is something that is fully distributed. And there is power in that because as a human being, I can contract directly with you as another human being and send you Bitcoin. And I don't need any government to give me permission. I don't need any bank to take their cut in the middle. I don't need to worry that, you know, somehow my, my value is being lost to another entity that's not part of this relationship that you and I have, right? What does it, sorry, sorry, Linda, what does it mean send, send it to me? It, it, is it similar to PayPal or is it something different so you can send it to me to, via email or what's the, yeah. what's the, what's can, the system? It can be sent in multiple ways. There's cryptocurrencies that literally you can send an email and boom, you've, you've got it in your email. Via and you email? Can put it via email. Really? Yeah. And, you and can I, put can it be, in your I can be calm, I can be in my peace that nobody will steal my Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, this is, this is an important thing to, to bring up. With blockchain and cryptography, there are private keys. Uh -huh. And that's just a string of letters and numbers. Okay. So that private key represents your ownership of the Bitcoin on the blockchain. Okay. okay. It, it, it isn't Bitcoin, but it's your access to the Bitcoin that is on the blockchain. If that makes sense. Access it, to the Bitcoin that is part of the blockchain. Right. So if, if anybody holds that private key, they have the right to spend that Bitcoin. Uh -huh, so okay. it's, it's a personal responsibility thing. I could send you that email. And if you don't secure that private key and somebody hacks your computer um, and gets access to that, then it's no longer your Bitcoin. Um, it's, you know, it's one of the, the trite sayings, not your key, not your Bitcoin. But I mean, that's, that's very fundamentally true because anybody with that private key can, can go and, and spend that Bitcoin in any way they want and you have no way of retrieving it. Um, because it's, it's decentralized, it's distributed, and it's that key is, is what's the, the important thing. Also, when you have a wallet, you can have seed words. Uh, it's generally 12 seed words that represent that wallet and the right uh -huh. to access that wallet. So you could have 12 seed words that anybody who gets those 12 seed words can download that wallet and spend anything that's in it. And there's wallets that can hold dozens of cryptocurrencies. 
So you could have a wallet that holds Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum and Monero and and anybody who gets your seed words, they thank own you. Thank you, thank you, Linda. Now, now I feel much better. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for this positive impact on my mind. So, if we speak about the implications for society, are there any? I mean, I did some prep before our interview, and we will have a few more episodes regarding Bitcoin because something will will come in May next year. Maybe you can share with us what exactly regarding the, the cryptocurrency. It's a hot topic. The having? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just learning. So, okay. so, I think so, you're talking about so the having of Bitcoin. <laughs> probably, maybe. It's so much to say, but overall implications for society. Are there any implications for society? Do I need to start thinking on a different way? Do I need to really embrace Bitcoin or, or blockchain per se? Or is it just it's, a story? It's a story. It's a story that I started personally in 2012. My my part of the story started then when my husband and I purchased our first Bitcoin, and that was that was a time frame where I just I saw something online and it just it made sense to me that this is something that's going to be very important. It's a diversified asset class. It's a potential chaos hedge. Um, it, it is something that can transfer value so uniquely that it will change the way the world works. And in 2012, when I, I got that so strongly, I went to my husband <laughs> three times before he finally agreed, you know, okay, let's do something about this. And, and we bought our first Bitcoin. Um, but it, it is a, it's a game changer. I, I literally have believed that it's going to change the way the world works. And for the last seven years, I've watched it change the way the world does business, the way value is transferred, the way people can be rewarded for doing good for the environment. We have so many ways. And one of the things that I've had the pleasure of doing as part of the, the Blockchain Chamber of Commerce is organizing the blockchain ecosystem. And with the help of Eric Passini and James Wallace, um, those two gentlemen, Eric led Deloitte's, um, it was part of a, he was part of their initial three-man Bitcoin team. <laughs> he led that all the way to, I think, 1,200 blockchain specialists worldwide for Deloitte. Nice um, guys. And he currently leads our supply chain vertical. And Do James Wallace did something very similarly for IBM and took their blockchain team, um, you know, global and as impactful as you know um, what they're doing in blockchain is. Uh, it's It's been a huge, mm -hmm. he leads our financial services vertical. Oh, beautiful. By the way, uh, uh, speaking about IBM, can you please uh, share top two or three stories regarding IBM involved into the blockchain? Okay. So like through, through Hyperledger, um, that's a private permission blockchain. Um, mm -hmm. They've been very instrumental. They've had large organizations like Walmart. Um, they, they provided the... Um, the infrastructure for some enterprise level uh, implementations that, you know, are supply chain uh, focused. 
Um, I think they've been instrumental in quite a number of POCs, which are proof of, of concepts, um, you know, showcasing what can be done and the potential ROI that's possible. Um, they're, they're definitely focused on the, the enterprise level implementation. Um, the, the same thing, interestingly, uh, with Deloitte, they, they've had, until very recently, a POC approach. So they've been using blockchain to showcase what's possible and giving you know, a proof of concept. But what we're looking at that's happening more and more is they're, they're starting to put infrastructure in the back end that is blockchain based, that's providing efficiencies that weren't possible before and actually Such as? Getting, getting them running. Um, some of them are, are still not public information. Uh, okay. So yeah, you're, you're going to have some, you're going to have some big projects that, that are announced. Um, I know there's so, something fun. There's something fun coming out on the 25th around um, uh, a blockchain solution in supply chain that has a really powerful patent attached to it. Fun. Um, so that, that is a fun one. We have a member of the chamber that uh, was hugely, um, he's, he's just a genius. He's, he's a phenomenal gentleman, but um, probably almost a dozen years ago, he created this patent sequence and it, it underlies every aspect of um, digital connectivity of drivers, loads, and carriers. Um, so it, it's, a, it's an underpinning of the ecosystem as we know it when it comes to supply chain. By and, the way, blockchain is some kind of software or? Um, it what is, is a What unique... is a blockchain? It is, it is not a <laughs> currency. It is not like a dollar, yeah? No. Physical. Like it's, it's more like a software or? It's a technology. Aha, uh -huh, technology, okay. So it combines cryptography and um, it depends on what, what blockchain you're, you're looking at, whether you're looking at a public blockchain or a private permission blockchain. Uh -huh. um, the, the actual um, structure that is implemented, there's different proofs that um, create the validation of the blocks. So we have proof of work, proof of stake, um, that I think there's like 20, oh no, is it 50? I saw one infographic that was over 50 different types of proof. By the way, Chamber of Commerce, it's, it's like an organization. Can you help me, for example, as a newcomer? Mm -hmm. Do you have any publications done or? Yeah, so the, the Blockchain Chamber of Commerce is a for benefit organization and we have a social mandate and that's to raise awareness, facilitate adoption and inspire advocacy. And that's for commerce, consumers, people building careers in blockchain. So yes, we, we can be a resource. We have um, the blockchain ecosystem that we're, we haven't done any paid advertising around it. We've been working to create an infrastructure where blockchain companies can come. They can self-designate into our 12 verticals. You know, if you're, if you're into energy and energy and blockchain is actually our focus this month at the chamber, we're educating around that. We have a, an event that we're um, 
co-hosting in Atlanta with the Energy Blockchain Consortium and um, you know, bringing that education, information to the community, raising awareness around how blockchain is impacting the energy sector. And that's what we're seeking to do is educate not just about cryptocurrencies and you know there's there's a hype cycle that's followed cryptocurrencies and there's there's been some negative press around that and you know how crypto is used by criminals um you know there's there's a lot of potential you know negative points that people can point to but the you know the argument is you know how how many criminal activities are benjamins being used in right sure sure things that can be directed towards good like we started talking about at the at the beginning, you know, they can be used by bad actors. And sure. so the question is, you know, how can we help facilitate the the people that have the the right intent, that have that positive impact of that, you know, potential, how can we showcase them? How can we bring the the grassroots um, you know, and and have people be able to find the solutions that they're looking for in blockchain? Because as an entrepreneur, you know, you may have a great idea, but you don't know how to implement. And we have experts, in, and I hate to say the word experts, um, because in blockchain, you know, it, it's such a growing, moving uh, technology. I mean, every day things are changing. So for anyone to call themselves an expert, um, if you believe them, you know, that's on you. Um, but there's experienced contributors, and that's what we're trying to highlight on the blockchain ecosystem is experienced contributors. So people can come in and find the resources that they're looking for, you know, whether it's somebody who's a, a coder that's been working with blockchain for a number of years or someone who has expertise in blockchain in, as it pertains to supply chain implementation. Um, we're hoping to have those resources showcased in a way that entrepreneurs looking for solutions can find them. And, you know, if you have a great idea and then you go on a platform and you, you see that three other people have already executed on that great idea and you may have a, a really unique aspect that would make how they've executed be better, then you connect with that resource. You don't need to go, you know, build the whole car when you just happen to have a widget that will make a car that's already built run better, right? So we're, we're hoping to connect the dots in a way that the ecosystem can be more efficient um, that entrepreneurs can can implement uh, faster and more collaboratively and have go to market be something that you know we're, we're not having 20 teams siloed in places all around the world working on the exact same thing and you know not even knowing each other exists you know that's a travesty that's a waste of time and energy and effort um, where if we get some collaboration and some efficiencies, we can, we can really help bring solutions to market faster. So. So, so basically there is a chamber of commerce, there are experienced contributors, are you some, some kind of bridge or a, a platform or how can you explain it? Yeah, the, the blockchain chamber of commerce built out the blockchain ecosystem as an initiative of the chamber to provide a platform where any organization can come. Um, it's, it's set up beautifully to have I mean, you've heard of the wild, wild west, right? 
Yeah, sure. Okay, so the, the benefit of the wild, wild west was the ability to stake your claim, right? That's why the pioneers went out. That's why they took the arrows and had their scalps taken because there was this hope of we can stake a claim, we can be landowners, we can have opportunities that were never possible before. One of the, the benefits of being in this wild, wild west is that you can stake your claim. And, okay. you know, the, the pioneers took arrows in the back, got their scalps taken, but they had the right uh, in many instances to stake their claim on brand new land had access. And so that's something that in the blockchain ecosystem, we can offer the opportunity for people to stake their claim and set up their own private, semi-private or public groups to start conversations, to be thought leaders and forums, to um, really showcase themselves to the, not only the rest of the blockchain ecosystem, but to people coming and looking for solutions. And we feel like it's a, a level playing field and we've done that intentionally. We, we don't have the, the blockchain chamber of commerce plastered all over the place. Um, you can see at the very bottom of the, the ecosystem website, it just says an initiative of the blockchain chamber of commerce because the, the platform was designed to allow for organizations, for governments, um, for individuals, for NGOs, for associations to come and use the platform to showcase to the community and to others looking for blockchain solutions who they are, what they offer, and, and to really allow them to be showcased and found. And the SEO boost that the blockchain ecosystem is built with allows for not just one high quality backlink to your traditional website, but up to dozens. And the, the cost of it is less than you'd pay for one high quality backlink if you're using a traditional SEO boosting company. Amazing. So we've, we've really built it out for the community. And even on the platform, you can be rewarded with cryptocurrency for engaging in the Q&As, for you know, participating in groups, for inviting other consumers. Um, the reward infrastructure is there to have the community be, <laughs> be getting the benefits of their engagement. And we believe that that's um, a very stark differentiation between many of the social media platforms of today where people are constantly contributing but they're not the ones getting the advertising dollars, right? That's going to the big organizations. And those big organizations are actually using people's, you know, private, well, what people feel should be private, um, but they have no right to that privacy because they've signed it off by being on that platform. They're using that data and they're selling it. And what we've done as the chamber is we've separated ourselves by using third-party providers. So we have no access to that data. Um, a phone number is needed to, to make sure we're dealing with a real person as much as possible. Um, and even as CEO of the Blockchain Chamber of Commerce, I cannot access that phone number. Um, I you know, can't see the, the login, password, any of the private personal information having to do with your wallet. I can't access that. I don't want to access that. That's your private information that belongs to the individual and any activities you take on the platform, we want you to be rewarded for your engagement. And that's, that's why we've built it. And um, 
I, I just, it makes me happy Linda, to know that. Linda, it sounds, it sounds like, I mean, I mean, thank you for, for uh, considering my, uh, my privacy, but you are naughty guys. You are disrupting the, the whole ecosystem. I mean, to a better place, but you are, we are, we are in the middle of disruption, aren't we? Where is north? Where is south? Where is... Who am I in the system? <laughs> who are you in the system? What is the system? The, the system is about personal responsibility. Oh. And when I, when I talked about the private keys, um, having the capacity to control your private keys, um, be the, the, the architect and manager of your sovereign identity, that's very, very powerful. And it's also a huge responsibility. And I, I don't know that we are, are ready for that responsibility as individuals yet. And what about um, AI? <laughs> <laughs> maybe with a, with, maybe with maybe a with small the... <laughs> help of AI, we will be able to have that kind of personal responsibility. Yeah. Um, that, or is it, a, is it a too, too hot topic? Um, it's, it's a double-edged sword is, is what it is. No. Um, AI is just... It's, <laughs> is, it, is it really so serious? So Elon Musk uh, has a point when talking about AI? Um, well... I, I mean, I is, think... it, is it a blockchain uh, part of the AI or... Or we will we will see some kind of interaction between blockchain and AI, and then they will integrate, or they will have some intimate moments, and that there will be a child, and that child will <laughs> like immerse from the field of awareness. Or, I mean, I'm I'm completely confused. Please help me. <laughs> You're too much. Um, <clears throat> well, to, to take the, uh, the sexual innuendo out of it, I'm going to use the analogy of glue and okay. say that, that blockchain is the glue that can hold the, the big data that's coming from IoT devices um, and create the, the conduit both on the front and back end of AI to allow for appropriate permissions to the data and to, to validate the data over time by creating an immutable record of that data. So we're, we're just, we're, we're two Xing data every two years. We're doubling it. So every two data, years double. data is doubling every two years. And we have more data that's been produced in the last two years than I believe in like human history. It's insane. So there's, there's going to need uh, to be... A lot of children, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you're, you're well, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to do the, the complex topic, uh, like more humane, but I'm, I'm still, uh, uh, pretty confused. So basically <laughs> let me be more serious. If AI has, um, 
some sort of control over the input and output, am I part of the black box or the feedback mechanism or when, where, where am I? It depends on which blockchain is being used and what country you're in. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so, so, now, so now we will speak diplomatic? So now we are in diplomacy? <laughs> it, well, it's, it's, a, it's a functional reality. Okay. So, Can you describe functional reality, please? Um, facial recognition okay. is being used in some countries and um the the tracking of i can say china because it's my podcast okay please continue <laughs> um the the digital footprint of any individual is now such that it can be used <clears throat> to create permissions for that individual or take permissions away is there a hunting going on on a global scale a what? Hunting. Hunting? Knowledge hunting, blockchain hunting, any kind of hunting. <laughs> Is it hunting or cooperation? Are we making new children or are, are we killing ourselves? Once again, it's who is in control where and how they're using which blockchain technology. So it's really um, about personal responsibility. It is yes. really, really about really? personal responsibility. Okay. And when, when I can tell you, the Blockchain Chamber of Commerce is one of the most naturally diverse organizations that I've ever seen or been a part of. Um, I've had conversations around the world from China to um, Malaysia to Singapore to Australia to... Um, Argentina and Dubai and London and um, Estonia and I mean just poll I mean I it is a technology that has such a powerful impact on individuals lives that individuals everywhere are saying I want to be involved. I want to use this technology. I want to take advantage of the options and opportunity that it gives me. And so on an individual basis, I'm seeing amazing collaboration and connectivity around the world. When it comes to how individual governments choose to use this technology, we've, we've seen very diverse approaches. And some are using it as a, a hot button ticket to get more money into their ecosystem. Um, some are using it as the penultimate control mechanism and some don't quite know what to do with it yet. And I'm sure there's designations that I, I haven't been able to, to define and there's some that I don't wanna mention. The interesting point is from, from one side we have an individual basis and from other side we have the whole networking system. If we try to be uh, as much concrete as we can, not to go into abstract level, uh, I'm still present as an individual but I cooperate with others so I become part of the 
like a global ecosystem, ecosystem or something like that? The blockchain uh -huh. ecosystem. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. And uh, as I told you, I did a prep. I bought a Udemy course and I understand that I cannot uh, play with with a part of blockchain because I will I will change something and my blockchain will be deleted and or something like that. So ba basically, I cannot. You see, I'm I'm pretty stupid still <laughs> regarding the topic. So, but basically, I cannot interfere as an individual not to become more sincere and to speak mm -hmm. about mafia. Uh, and to change anything because the system is uh, deregulated, uh, it's a crypto involved. So if you can say, uh, if you can share with us something about the safety of the whole system. Yeah, so it's you, a pretty safe speaking, place, yes? Um, it's, uh, it's a safe place and it's a dangerous place. Um, what you're speaking to is the security of a public blockchain. Ah, public blockchain, okay. So, <clears throat> to, to speak to, to Bitcoin as an example, um, there's, the, there's something called a 51% attack. And because of how fully Bitcoin is distributed, to, to actually get 51% of the hash power at any given time is just that part of it would be super, super difficult. Um, but to change one of the blocks, so when you, you were talking about, you know, I can't go in there and mess with something or change it, um, because if you tried to do that, it would change the hash, and that, that hash um, represents all of the data that has been put on the blockchain to that point, you change one little piece of information in all of that data, that hash changes. And everyone else who's on the blockchain and validating it goes, hey, that's not right. You know, you don't uh -huh. belong here. You know, that, pff, kick that out. Uh -huh. um, so because of the distributed nature of Bitcoin as a public blockchain, the, I mean, it, it has never, as a blockchain, it has never been hacked. And people have been have been trying to attack it, and I, there's there's multi million dollars in rewards. Like you know, the the guy that points out you know a way that Bitcoin can be hacked um, will get rewarded because the community wants to fix it. You know, if there's a if there's an incursion point, we want to know it and we want to we want to fix it. Um, and uh, and I say we because I'm I'm part of the the Bitcoin community, having been someone who said, hey, this technology is important. I want to be a part of it. And so, you know, owning Bitcoin, I believe, is part of being in the Bitcoin community. Um, but it's just one of the current cryptocurrencies, right? It's not the only. Um, it just happened to be the first. And it's been stated by multiple, even heads of state, that mm -hmm. it's like digital gold. And so it's, it's, a, um, it's a way to transfer value. And because it is secure and because it is so fully distributed, um, because no government or individual controls its distribution, uh, because it's the code that is actually continuing the, the infrastructure creation, um, it, it has a immutability that doesn't exist in many other ways.
or, or any other ways. I, I hesitate to, to use because <laughs> um, uh, I'm sure that there can be other ways at some point at some time. Um, but it's definitely a unique um, technology and a, and a so unique Linda, implementation. Linda, 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 please tell me something. Is it possible that everything uh, started with just one guy? There's, there's, I'm still a rookie, <laughs> so I don't know. There's but. a lot of stories. Um, I've I've talked to people that say they've talked to the real Satoshi, and it was a woman. Um, okay, I've sorry, sorry, to... sorry, guy. I mean, um, <laughs> like a persona. Okay, sure. Yeah, um, I've I've talked to people that claim that it's a a government initiative um, that came out of the uh, Department of Defense uh, in the U.S. It's something so so different uh, uh, from anything uh, regarding our our uh, whole society and past and 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 learning curves and so I just need to to embrace it as a technology or can I can I buy a book and and learn something about the history of the of the system or. Yeah, is it a I, new religion? What what is it? I don't understand. I mean, does it make babies? That's that's a that's a great question because I've had people tell me, you know, I believe in blockchain, but I don't believe in Bitcoin. And I'm oh. like, is this a new religion? Yeah, that's a great question because um, faith um, and there's there's a whole uh, philosophical you know conversation that can be had here where fear of the unknown is what has held people back historically from progress. That's, that's just the, the reality. And, and people that have been hearing about Bitcoin, you know, for years, but haven't done anything about it, it's because they don't understand it. Where did it come from? You know, who started this technology? I mean, that sounds really complicated, you know, hashes and Merkle trees and like, I, I don't understand that. I don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Right. So that's fear of the unknown. And what we've seen is that people have engaged with cryptocurrencies and blockchain. They have been impacted by the fear of missing out. Uh-huh. Right. So fear of missing out. You see your buddy who bought Bitcoin and, you know, now he's a millionaire and he owns a yacht. And you're like, you know, I want that Lamborghini. Um, I'm going to invest. And so you have this hype cycle that can happen which facilitates adoption, but not intelligently. So what, what we've seen is that to this point, the fear of missing out has been the only thing strong enough to supersede the fear of the unknown. And what we'd like to see <laughs> is education uh -huh. being the key that unlocks blockchain for the masses. And, you know, education about the history of money. That's what I was doing this morning at 745. Um, I was at a local middle school educating the kids about the history of money. And I, I showed them a little clip um, of a conversation that I had with Ambassador Andrew Young. And he's talking about the Bretton Woods Agreement and how it was dissolved and just the history of that and understanding it is empowering. And we're, we're at another crossroads um, with the history of money and the the value transfer that's possible with cryptocurrency and and with tokenization, this is a huge shift in the way 
the world works. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that through the, the collaborative connections we have at the chamber and the initiatives that we're rolling out, that um, we're going to have some really powerful impact in bringing education to the table um, as we're going to have another hype cycle. People are still going to fear missing out, and that's going to be their motivation. But one of the things that we're recognizing is if people understand the historical trajectory of money and value transfer, they get why cryptocurrency is the next step. So they're jumping, jumping into it, not out of fear of missing out because they, they don't want their buddy to benefit they're getting into it because they understand that it's the next step in history and they realize that there is a value to being a pioneer. And, you know, some people are like, Oh, well, you know, you got in seven years ago. So, you know, but I missed the boat and, you know, the analogy of, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree, you know, 20 years, hundred years ago or today. And so the people that are recognizing, you know, hey, if I do something proactive today, I can help preserve my value um, in this shift that's happening. Meanwhile, the music's going on. Guitar player, keyboard player, harmonium player, and they're all chanting. And I'm talking into her ear. And so I started toning in different places in the body. And she eventually started pointing at all the When you are talking about adoption driving force, maybe even about value transfer, you have a sister? Yes, I have actually, I have four Linda, sisters. Linda, please, please, but, but <laughs> the sister, the, the one that we spoke about before, and uh, so it's, it's a very interesting story. So I will actually do interview with your sister and uh, Regarding the value transfer, the adoption driving force, the the, the, the shift, can you can you share with us uh, some something about your sister? Absolutely. Um, I'm the youngest of six kids, so um, the sister that you're referencing is the the one that was part of a threesome pod. We were we were all made in Peru. So in Peru, um, my sister experienced something that no young child should experience. And it was through that victimization and the progression that she went through her life to find healing that she has personally a very powerful story. And because of what she had gone through, she had other women who connected with her. And about four years ago, she wrote a book called Bloom in the Dark. And it's 30 poems, stories, and letters of women who had been victimized. And they share their stories, but they also share the hope and healing that's possible. So it, it's a powerful book. Um, she took it and then was interviewing uh, both women and men uh, in a movie series or a TV series um, called Bloom Today. And that's currently aired in, in over 200 countries, I think 204. Um, she's just come out with a whole new series and uh, what she has done is taken victimization and said, you know what, you can be an ex-victim. And that I believe is something that cryptocurrency brings to the table for the people of the world as well, where there has been victimization through manipulation, 
on a it it truly is a global scale. You can't point to any particular country and say, you know, you've you've done this to your people or you've allowed this organization to, you know, mismanage um, you know, the banking system. It it truly is something that's been systemic worldwide where the people in power have used the ability to control the transfer of value um, to historically control the masses. And in my opinion, that's victimization. And there's a lot of people that are seeing the value of cryptocurrency to help them become ex-victims. So, you know, there's, there's women that can actually get a digital wallet and, and have cryptocurrency that isn't tied to a bank account, isn't searchable, you know, by maybe their abusive spouse. And so there's a, there's a tie-in where cryptocurrency can be a real value add to help individuals get out of abusive situations. And there's ways that, that people in third world countries that didn't have access to a bank now have a way to, to get themselves a credit rating, to, to participate in a global ecosystem. And it is so empowering. It is so... The, the good use of cryptocurrency. Um, it's, it's just something that I, I feel can be uh, such a great value add to individuals across the world. If we're willing to take personal responsibility and accept our role in value, holding value transfer, um, we, we can have a, a different world than what we've known to this point. First Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us as you leave a positive review on iTunes.